Ladies and gentlemen. What you gonna do? Brother, 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 brother. Brother, 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 brother. Welcome back to brother. another episode of the Deep brother. Six Wrestling Podcast, the Impact Power Hour. With your hosts, I'm Ryan. I'm Angelo. And it is March 16th. It is 316 day. Drink your beers for good old Stone Cold. Um, and uh, tomorrow's St. Patrick's Day, so... Drink more beer. Yeah, drink more beer. Um, yeah. Uh, so it is Tuesday. That means it is another day of impact. Um, it is the, I guess, fallout show from uh, Sacrifice, which neither of us watched, I don't believe. Um, that is correct. But uh, yeah, uh, some big stuff coming out of uh, Sacrifice is... Uh, Sam, uh, um, Rich Swan has both the Impact World Championship and the TNA uh, he- World Heavyweight Championship. After beating Moose, they are now he is now called the Impact Unif- Unified World Champ. Yep. So, uh, and he will face Kenny Omega at Rebellion in a winner take all match, um, which really isn't a winner take all match because the Kenny's AAA title isn't on the line, but but then yes. no one references that, right? Um, occasionally they they talk about it, but like he doesn't come out with it. Like the only time he's come out with it was w- right after he won it, and then um, when he faced uh, Phoenix, uh, he came out with it because he, that's who he beat for it, so he wanted to rub it in some more. Okay. Um. But other than that, no, he, he nobody references it, even though it's a major title, right? Which I don't understand. Um, I think it has something to do with AAA, like being very particular about like what can be used, like Phoenix and Pentagon's name. Like Pentagon can't go by Pentagon Junior in AEW. Right. Yeah, that's why he's Penta El Cerro Miedo. Yeah, um, but... and that's why Phoenix is Ray Phoenix and not just Phoenix, uh, is because AAA doesn't like them being like those names being used elsewhere. So yeah, but AAA is running shows now, right? Yes, yeah. and they have a working relationship with AEW. Right, so. makes zero sense. Interesting. Yes. Um. Uh, what else happened? Uh, Deanna Perrazzo beat ODB. I don't think anybody was expecting ODB to win the Knockouts Championship. Uh, uh, it was. Ace Austin uh, is your new X Division champion. Uh, Rhino has turned heel and joined Violent by Design. And we have new tag team champions in the form of Finn Juice, um, who are. Uh, as uh, we would hear tonight, uh, are leaving Impact Wrestling for a month um, to go do a quick tour of Japan. 
which makes sense because they've are they are already in Japan and they are they're doing the New Japan Cup. So uh, if you want to hear more about the New Japan Cup, you can check out the Deep Six Wrestling podcast. I've done a few solo reviews of the first few nights of the New Japan Cup. Uh, Pat's doing a solo review of it. Either it's coming out to later today after this or before AEW tomorrow. One of the two times. Um, so, yeah. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, Juice Robinson lost first round, but somehow David Finley is going, he's like running the gauntlet here. He's got a huge matchup with Jay White coming up. Um, yeah. Um, if you also want to pay attention to our AEW stuff, make sure to follow us as well. You can follow us on our social media uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Deep Six Wrestling. Uh, and if you're going to follow us on Twitter, just don't have a G at the end of the Deep Six Wrestling. Uh, and also subscribe to the podcast. Uh, uh, we are on Breaker, Overcast, TuneIn, Stitcher, Anchor, um, Apple, Spotify, and Google. Um, you can leave a review, a like, subscribe, a rating, share it with your friends, family, coworkers. Um, the random guy you sit next to on the bus going to the middle of nowhere, well, they'll all appreciate it. Yeah, fair. All right. Uh, so starting off, uh, so I got bored today. I got home from grabbing myself and Pat some dinner. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'll just put on some before the impact. Let's oh, see what happens. Nice. And so 740 turned it on and. Uh, right after a commercial, we get apparently they have a weekly segment called the Iceman's Intel, uh, where I think his name is either George or Greg Iceman tells us some big scoops in the wrestling world. And this week's big scoop is that some major impact top stars are going to be going overseas in the near future to do some business, but he could not say who he was just informed that there were multiple top stars that are going, um, didn't say where overseas, but I think we can all assume that overseas most likely means new Japan since, uh, you don't think uh, it means world wrestling council in Puerto Rico. I, I don't think so. Okay. I'm not. I I don't think that's that's the thing. Who knows? Maybe it's just going to be like. Uh, oh, it could be a Rinkaka in India, baby. Oh, please bring it back. Please and just bring back on. and bring back Scott Steiner and his tiger. Yeah, they're sending Jeff a Scott Steiner to just maul people. Rinkaka, I'm fine with it. Uh, after that, um. I didn't know that they do a, a week, the top five social media hits uh, from wrestlers in Impact. That was something. Um, Who won? And uh, it was um, Moose and uh, Rich Swan and Scott Demore for uh, the announcement of the unification match huh? at Sacrifice. Uh, and then we got the. They, they give out a best burn of the week and the best burn of the week went to ODB for calling Susan Karen. Huh. All right. Um, also, apparently Josh Matthews is heel. 
He's the heel commentator on this because he really he kept on mentioning how he can't wait for Sammy Callahan to beat the crap out of Trey Miguel and teach him a lesson. Uh, even when they were not talking about Sammy Callahan and Trey Miguel, he'd just randomly throw that in. He's about to get demoted again. I hope so. Um but we also got our before the impact match, and that was Luster the Legend <laughs> versus Black Tarus, who midway through the match, D'Lo Brown said both of these guys uh, should be feuding for uh, the world title because they're that good, and that he foresees Luster the Legend in the world title picture very soon. Nope. <laughs> There's absolutely no way That's a hot- Luster the Legend is <laughs> going to be in a goddamn world title feud. That's not the the um, I didn't see that match, but that's probably not the worst big man that we saw today. Probably not. But uh, um, th- okay. this wasn't a bad match, but it's not a good match. <laughs> it was pointless. Fair. Uh, Black Tarus wins. This went on a little too long, and then we go to the main show. Uh, we start off the night with Finn Juice versus Triple XL. This is a super quick match. Um, Finjuice win uh, with David Finley hitting the acid drop on Larry D for the win. Uh, right after they win, the Good Brothers come out, and the Good Brothers are saying that the match at Sacrifice shouldn't have counted because they weren't prepared. Uh, they were both hungover. Carl <laughs> um, Anderson said that this is that's pretty normal for them. They have to admit, but. They were a little more hungover than normal, um, but also he's been crazy. He's been too focused on uh, things going on in the world, pleasing his hot Asian wife, taking care of his four kids, and homeschooling them over Zoom, uh, and that that took uh, his focus away from uh, wrestling, uh, and that they they are asking. Finn Juice to just give them back the titles um, and erase the match from the record books and they'll have another match later down the line. Uh, Finn Juice says absolutely not um, and says that they can have their rematch though um, at Rebe- uh, in April because they have to go back to Japan, do a quick tour uh, and uh, that they'd be back in April for them. Uh, and then the Good Brothers beat them down. Also interesting, Carl Anderson says that it was all uh, Gallows' fault for the loss. Gallows says, how is it my fault? Uh, you were the one who got pinned, and I was the one who did the most uh, offense on them. And Carl says, it doesn't matter who did the most offense. It's always your fault. Uh, weird, weird flex. Um, after this, uh, the Good Brother, or Finn Juice, uh Return fire basically on the Good Brothers, beat them up for a bit, roll out of the rings, and walk away. Uh, and then we get a really bad Sammy Callahan promo. It's a really bad Sammy Callahan promo. Um, we've got Sammy Callahan doing voice changers. Um, we've got the slow motion going on. We've got the random uh, changing color screens going on. And he says that the reason he's been going after Trey Miguel is because Trey Miguel has zero passion for the business. Uh, and he keeps on thinking that his anger towards people is passion. Uh, and then he starts talking about how 
Trey Miguel might be the most passionate man in all of Impact Wrestling, but he wants to prove that that passion isn't actually real and that it's a fake passion. And it went absolutely nowhere. He just kept on saying passion a lot and saying that he doesn't have passion, but he does have passion, but it's fake passion. And it was stupid. Real stupid. All right. Um, After this, we get the uh, Good Brothers going into... um, uh, Scott's office, uh, and Scott uh, er, Scott says uh, basically that uh, he's already made an agreement with Finjuice that they can go overseas, they can do their quick tour to Japan, um, and that he's talked to people in New Japan, and they are going to have their title, the Impact Tag Titles, on the line in New Japan during this tour. Uh, but whoever comes out on top uh, will come back for Rebellion, and the winner will face uh, the Good Brothers at Rebellion. Uh, and uh, the Good Brothers say, that's perfectly fine. We can have some more fun. One month without our title, no biggie. Uh, it's one less stressor on our shoulders. And they leave, and then Tommy Dreamer comes in. Uh, Tommy Dreamer closes the door, and he is very upset with uh, Scott. Uh, he says, Scott, how could you do this? How could you make a deal with New Japan? How could you make a deal uh, to get rid of our tag titles for a full month? What happens if Finjuice win uh, uh, at Rebellion? Are they just going to take the titles forever? Um, and Scott says, I didn't actually think Finjuice could win. I didn't think they were that good compared to our guys. Um, but Honestly, we've got... Yep. Uh, but he said that he needed to make a deal with uh, New Japan. He thought it was best for business. Uh, New Japan had hated Impact for years, uh, and he thought this could smooth things over, and it has. New Japan is willing to talk and do more business with them, um, and he thinks that's a positive. Uh, and if Dreamer thinks that he he can run the company better, um, why doesn't he just run? I'll I'll give you the reins of the company for a bit and you can run it uh, just like you and your friend Paulie Dangerous did uh, in uh, that old company in the 90s that you ran into the ground and couldn't pay the bills Um, and Dreamer says uh, I I, I think it's not that it it, it says it's basically that that was uncalled for and Scott says all right well tell you what i'll give you the reins for hardcore justice that's our next show um and it's right up your alley you can make the entire card yourself and dreamer pulls out a paper he says you know what i already did this i already got some notes for you uh and he should gives it to scott scott says this is your entire card uh dreamer says yes and scott says this isn't bad i'm really liking this match Points to a, pe- a spot on the paper that you can't, see, nobody can see, and says, "Well, better inform the boys in the back uh, of your plan. Uh, this is your, this is your show. You're, you're in control for a while." Um, and Dreamer says, "Good," and walks out. Um, after this, we have Rhino with Violent by Design in his corner versus Jake Something with Beer Guns in his corner. Uh, and this is a really quick match as well. Um, Angelo came in, it, it started watching the product after, or, or started watching the show at this point, and 
do you want to inform everybody what you thought? Well, I was like, oh, Rhino's back. I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, is uh, Cousin Jake a heel? Because I, personally, I didn't realize Rhino had it in him to be a heel in 2021. I just thought he would be that lovable baby face that's, you know, infrequently used, spears people all the time. But no, no, he's part of uh, Violent by Design now. Yeah, um, I'm honestly shocked. But I think this basically, I, I think this is them basically realizing that Heath is out for a while and you're not just going to keep Rhino on the shelf for the exact same amount yeah, of time, especially with the call your shot gauntlet uh, trophy. So I'm assuming him and Joe Doring are going to become a tag team, my guess. Uh, yeah. And they can cash that in after Rebellion. That's a shame about Heath, though. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a shame. Um, I think everybody was rooting for Heath, uh, once he left WWE, um, and looked like he, he found his calling and impact impact was going to use him right. And then he gets injured. And then for some reason he just put off surgery, I guess forever. And then just got surgery, I think last week or the week before. So, uh, for an injury, a groin injury that happened in what, December, yeah, November, yeah, okay. <laughs> October I mean, maybe it might have been October. Honestly, it was pretty soon after signing. Honestly, it was only it was only around yeah. a couple months. Yeah, so uh, definitely, definitely feels weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Rhino wins this. I didn't even like. I felt like they they t- turned the camera away pretty quickly after Rhino hit like a move. I guess it was the gore. Um. Because they were showing stuff at ringside with Sabin and Storm fe- fighting Violent by Design, and then I heard the bell ring, and I was like, "Oh, did, was there a DQ or something?" And then Jake's just laid out in the ring, and they're like, "Oh, and Rhino's won." And I'm, I, I thought that was a weird ending, and then uh, Violent by Design just beats up everybody. Eric Young keeps yelling about this is this is Impact's fault. This is everybody's fault. You asked for this. This is our world now. You don't deserve the same stuff he's been yelling basically since the promos for uh, Bound for Glory. Um, yeah. Um, can't say that this was a bad thing. I thought this was fine. I don't know where they go from here, though. <laughs> <laughs> Like I was expecting somebody to come out and make the save, but nobody did. Yeah. So I've got no, I've got nothing. Yeah, I don't know. Guess we'll see. Yeah. Um. After this, we've got uh the heel knockouts talking to each other. To Neil giving uh well, well not really giving a prep call. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to come up with a name. We've got. Caleb and Tanil throwing out uh, Tanil and the followers because Tanil has 1.5 million followers on Instagram. I get it? Did you know that? Did you know that? I knew it. I know Josh Matthews isn't on commentary anymore to tell us how where she's been this week and how many followers she has. Engraved my brain. But uh, yeah, uh, the the heels say no. Uh, then Deanna says that she should be the captain and she should come up with everything, uh, and that. She, she thinks that we should be t- focusing more on a, a team plan than focusing on team names. Uh, Kiera speaks up and says, uh, 
I, I'm a champ too, and so is Tasha. And if anybody's going to talk about tag team situations, it should be the tag champs, which makes total sense. Uh, and then they end up just walking off, and Susan just yells out something justice. I, I don't remember what the first was part team was. Justice. Team Justice. Team Justice. Yeah, yeah. And Tennille and Caleb are like, that's a horrible name. And Tennille's like, oh no, I forgot to say my inspirational quote. She never said it. Nope, and Caleb really wanted to hear it. Um, Yep, after this we got Rohit versus Shira uh, for this might be quickest uh, faction or tag team breakup in the history of sports. Um, oh, that's false because I mean, WWE did that to every single tag team. They didn't even have breakup matches half the time. That's that's fair. Those mid 2010 tag teams, those you know, mid 2005 tag teams. So that's fair. Um, Rohit, uh, versus Shira. Um, this. I, I so Shearer runs in and basically just starts beating up Rohit pretty quickly, and then Rohit turns the table on him. We get to see Rohit in charge uh, again, as me and Angelo have said numerous times. Rohit has been one of the most improved wrestlers in the past few months of this sh- uh, show. Um, this was not a match that I would say, "Damn, Rohit." like really stole the show here because I don't think anybody stole the show from this because it didn't really get much uh, time to really showcase well, who yeah, I think Rohit did a good job. I think there was definitely some uh, limitations on Shira that were clearly exposed today. I mean, Rohit, it was, it was a very David versus Goliath type of match, but um, Shira, Shira seems raw that he, uh, they weren't letting him have a, a large move set. I think like the most, interesting movie did with like a choke slam into the backbreaker but like, yeah like it's something like you would see like on an indie show for a big man like he wasn't doing too much besides big boots and stuff like that so Rohit was working with that Rohit I think did a good job of like really setting the pace of the match and controlling it in that sense I mean he, he is a the older veteran so he did a good job with that but I think Shira's raw more raw than we thought so yeah I would I would agree with that, uh, especially because like Striker and D'Lo were kept on talking about how Shearer has been away from wrestling for the last two years to try to reestablish himself, find himself, uh, and get better in ring. Um, I didn't watch him during his first run in Impact. Um, he's, he's definitely so I, I can't from yes. Yeah, from the pictures and gifts and videos of him from before that he's in much better shape, but that doesn't mean that you're a better wrestler. <clears throat> Jinder Mahal. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't want to um, like immediately like the other weeks like throw out that comp, but I mean now it's it's he's sheer as little green, so I can agree with the Jinder Mahal Jinder Mahal comps. Yeah, um, I don't know. It, it feels weird that they separated these two because Shira doesn't come off like he's really that good on the mic. And I feel like Rohit is very good on the mic. And I feel like you, like it felt like they were trying to push Shira as this baby face, but like he doesn't have the look of a baby face. He doesn't have the moveset of a baby face. Well, no, I think he's going to be like a, like a just 
evil heel type of big man. But again, I, I think there's just a lot of limitations in his game that's not going to help elevate him up the roster. I think someone like himself that's still like learning the, in between the ropes, learning the mic would would benefit by just staying next to Rohit. But it's it's like uh, Wardlow with MJF, and I think Wardlow is actually a pretty good wrestler from the little bit of action we see we've seen from him in the ring. But I think in that similar sense, they're they're protecting Wardlow as he learns more in-ring ability and on-mic ability. And I think Sheeran probably could have used a little more time. Maybe Impact really doesn't have that luxury. Their roster isn't that big. So they're going to try to maybe get a run out of Shira. But I, I think it might fall flat. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I feel like this is one of those situations where you have that working relationship with AEW. Uh, AEW has basically four hours of non-televised content that they put on on YouTube. This would be a great time to put on, maybe lend some of your impact people that need some some more maturity in-ring to that and get get them used to being on television and stuff. Um, I think... I feel like that's what Dark should be and Dark Elevation should be is like like I'm pretty sure that's the whole point is to try to give the trainees and the the newer people to televised wrestling to get used to how to do televised wrestling. Um, And I feel like with impacts limited roster, well, yeah, a lot of them are veterans. There are some that could use that, that boost. And I feel like, uh, Shearer would be one of them. Exactly. Um, after this, we have. Who did you um, say Shearer won? But yeah, no, no. Rohit oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Rohit Ro- won with a with rolling him up and putting his feet on the ropes and the ref. Okay, so I guess we'll, apparently, we'll see the storyline again. But yeah, yeah. Uh, the ref uh, looked up at him but didn't see the feet <laughs> right. apparently. Um, which commentary was very confused about. Yeah. They said, "How hey, they're like, hey, I guess Rohit shows that uh, when you're a veteran, you can get away with things right in front of the refs. Yeah, eyes. at least they called it out. Yeah. Um, after this, uh, we've got Willie Mac congratulating Rich Swan uh, with, and uh, Willie Mac says, "Oh, I haven't seen you in a bit. Uh, congrats on the titles. I feel like it's time for us to party." And Rich Swan says, "No, <laughs> you're wrong." It's not time to party. I've got things I have to do. Um, also, uh, when Rich Swan sees Willie Mac, Rich Swan con- uh, just says, "Hey, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy." <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, daddy. Good to say here that Willie Mac is apparently Rich Swan's daddy. Congratulations, Willie Mac. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Um, then Rich Swan comes out for a promo in the ring. And Rich Swan basically starts off the promo saying, since I've won this title, <laughs> all I've been doing is partying on Sunday or Saturday night, partying Sunday, partying Monday, partying all the way up to coming out here. And if I'm Willie Mack in the back, I'm like, motherfucker, this guy didn't even invite me to these parties. Thought we were friends. Thought I was his daddy. Yeah. What the heck? What kind of friend does that? Um, Lying son of a gun. Yeah. Uh, Rich Swan also 
points out that in wrestling, it is one of the hardest things to do is win a world title. And now he's won two. Two? Two? At the same time. He said the, the, that over and over again. Um, what? Angela brought up a really good yeah. point that uh, the crowd noises here were real distracting. They were just off because they didn't line up with what Rich Swan was saying. And even, it even lingered into Don Callis coming into the ring. But, like, they were, they were, like, the crowd be full cheer in the middle of the promo. And then when he's quiet. Like, it was just weird. Like, it, like they weren't matching up the crowd noise with the payoff of each line. Yeah, and it just didn't make sense. It just felt like cafeteria noise again, which has been, I feel like, the trend. Yeah, that's par for the course. For yeah, me. they're just not paying attention to the the soundtrack there, which is a, a fatal flaw. It feels like it just feels like so simple. Just like someone's just line up the cheers with the right moments. My goodness, but. Yeah, I feel like it can't be that yeah, hard. It's not. <laughs> um, midway, yeah. So after Rich Swan finishes his promo, out, so random music starts playing, and it sounds like a goddamn wedding. Like you hear the do 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 do. And I was like, "Who the fuck has this theme?" Oh wait, it's Don Callis. Apparently, this is not Don Callis's normal Impact theme. So they got him a new theme for this. Uh, the theme is, uh, if you really want to know what type of classical song I was trying to play, it is Canon in D my, uh, major. Oh, okay. um, so there you go. If you need to refresh yourself on wedding yeah. songs. And, and things his Titan drama is just like the puppeteer hand. Yeah. Um, and his face. Uh, so I thought that I thought that was a very interesting theme for him. <laughs> Uh, and then Don Callis comes out. Uh, he hugs Rich Swan. He whispers some stuff into his Swan's ear. Swan's not having it. Yeah, Swan just gets a really long face real yeah. quick. Uh, and Don says he con- he's congratulating him. Uh, he wants Rich to remember that he's always been a Rich Swan guy. Uh, he helped. He was one of the first people to uh, talk to Rich. After Rich got injured, he was the first person to make sure that Impact didn't forget about Rich uh, and made sure that he'd always have a spot on the roster as long as Rich wants it. Uh, He said that he was the one who convinced uh, Impact management to allow Rich to be in the uh, in the uh, the multi-man match at Slammiversary for the world title. even though uh, most people didn't think that he 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 was cleared, he made sure that uh, he got Rich cleared uh, right away and could prove uh, and that Rich proved himself that Don wasn't lying. Um, he said that when he got injured by uh, Eric Young, that again he was by his side. He was one of the first people to visit him, uh, and that he was there. Uh, supporting him, making sure that he'd get his title shot. Um, and then uh, he said, but, you know, when I, I was training with with Kenny's uncle, the, the Golden Sheik, uh, you know, he, I got myself my, a fir- my first car, uh, and uh, there, the, I immediately drove it to go get some food, uh, and I saw – at, in the parking lot, somebody had a nicer car, and I was already ups- I was upset that I didn't buy something nicer. 
And the Golden Sheik said, you know, there's always going to be something nicer. Someone's always going to be better than you. Somebody's always going to have things that are better than you. And you just have to try to make sure that you work hard enough to get better than them. Uh, And he said that his fancier new car, he said he had Rich, but he wanted something more. And that something more was Kenny Omega. Uh, And uh, that he wouldn't trade that for the world. Uh, And then talked about uh, how Rich had to be feeling so happy after beating Moose. But once you beat Moose, what was on your mind was the one-winged angel in your mind getting pinned at Hard to Kill on your mind. When you and your wife went to bed last that night and she said congrats and you, she put her head on your, your chest, what were you thinking about when you tried to sleep and you couldn't? Was it the one-winged angel? Uh, and the, it, this was just a fantastic promo. Um, I'm sure Impact is going to put this on uh, Twitter and YouTube and everything because they normally put their really good promos, like Dreamers promos, up pretty quickly. Uh, please check this out. I thought this was one of the best promos uh, of the year, probably. This was fantastic. It was, yeah. It really, um, it really drives the point across that, I mean, like everyone views Kenny Omega as clearly the, the better wrestler. So they're gonna play this up, I think, for the next like two months or one month. We got we got one month, but basically, yeah, the whole idea. It's like Rich Swan. It's like yeah, your accomplishment, what you just did, unifying unifying the title is great, but that still pales in comparison to everything that Kenny Omega is. So it's, I think, it'll be the the sticking point for this match going into it in a month. Yeah, um, I also think this, this again, plays the role of Don as the invisible hand. It's not just the invisible hand of him playing Kenny or using Kenny to his advantage uh, and getting Kenny what he wants and getting himself what he wants, uh, but also that he, like, I think a lot of people keep forgetting that Don has really turned around Impact since coming, I believe, in like 2015 or 2016. Uh, he became executive vice president of impact uh, and he immediately started recruiting people very heavily. Um, he started getting like, he would go on busted open. He, he made the deal with busted open to get their like the impact champions on before big events. Um, he would talk it up on uh, new Japan when he was new Japan broadcast uh, commentator for a bit, a uh, bit Um he was teased Kenny Omega uh, back in when he first got the gig. He actually teased that he was that his goal was to get Ke- uh, Kenny Omega on Impact, and everybody was like, "Well, that's that's a never going to happen thing. It's Impact. Nobody Kenny's not going to come to Impact." And guess what? He did. Kenny Omega came on Impact. He's been on Impact multiple times now. Yeah. Um, he also said that his goal was uh, his other goal was to get Chris Jericho to come to Impact. That still hasn't happened, but hey, who knows? Um, I think that Don is one of the more respected people in the wrestling world, uh, at least business wise. Um, and I feel like he, he's really helped turn Impact around. Obviously, it's not back to the numbers that it was doing in the like the mid 2000s and early oh, 2010s. Um, but it, 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 people are talking about impact again. Um, 
it, it it's never gonna be on WWE's not level again. It's never gonna be on AEW's level again. Um, but it, it it people are still talking. I about think it. I think um, the improvement is like Impact was on the brink of ex- even existing as yes. of two years ago. So I think there's been just a lot of improvements going on, like the, the partnership with AEW. I mean, the big signings after the the purge and WWE of releases. There, there's been a lot of good things that have happening that that is keeping Impact afloat and really. Like 2016, 17, 18, I, I would have never guessed that. So, yeah, yeah. After the whole Jeff Jarrett getting back involved and turning it into Global Force Wrestling, and then that failing basically right out of the gate with uh, their network basically being a Ponzi scheme, um, 100%, I would say that if you told me in 2021 that Kenny Omega and AEW, well, one, AEW was a thing in 2017, 2016, right. 2017. Uh, but if you told me Kenny Omega was going to get involved in Impact's main storylines, if you told me that New Japan was going to have a working relationship with them again, I would tell you, nope, that's not going to happen. But uh, I, I credit Don and uh, everybody who's been involved in Impact Management since the whole Global Force debacle. Um Yeah. Um, after Don leaves the ring, it just the camera stays on Rich, and Rich's face it just literally looks like he is heartbroken, um, which I thought was great, um, especially with the uh, sappy classical music playing as Don leaves. Yeah. Um, after this, we got our AEW ad. Uh, AEW ad really wasn't anything special this week. I thought this was one of the worst ones. Not in a bad um, way, though. I mean, no, it was just it just felt like an ad. It, it it wasn't them taking shots at Impact. It wasn't them just trying to be funny. It was basically just them being like, "Hey, here's our card for St. Patty's Day Slam. It's our big one of our biggest dynamites yet. Uh, it's our first women's main event. It's a no DQ match between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Tune in." Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's not much else you need to do. Right. Um, you don't need to go out there and just take pot shots at Impact every week because um, that would just get old. Um, but I, I think it, I feel like you don't need Tony and uh, or Tony Khan out there every week if that's all you're going to do is just run down your card. Because um, I feel like his character is basically just, hey, I'm Tony Khan. Uh, I'm a. I'm not a wrestling insider and I put on fucking amazing shows. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you can have, you can kind of switch it up if you're just going to run down the cards. I I feel like it takes away the luster if if you take them away and it's fair to do, even, even if it's like not such an important part, but pulling, pulling Tony Khan out of the uh, advertisements just makes that like AEW impact relationship feel so much less important. Fair. Yeah. Um, after this, we got Matt Cardona and Eddie Edwards talking and shaking hands, and Brian Myers walks in in the door and then tries to leave, and then Matt is like, hey, can we please talk? Like, why are you like this? Like, we are best friends. We have a podcast together. Why do you keep on, like, acting like I don't exist, like you don't know me? And Brian Myers says, oh, you, you, you want to know? Well, fine. After 18 years of being your sidekick, being your buddy, being your lackey, 
uh, in other company in another company. I I came here on my own. I was, had a really good thing going, um, and now you're here, and automatically everybody wants to put us together. And I don't want that. I, I please leave so I can have my own thing again. Um, and I think this is this is really good work by Myers. I think Myers' character um, over the last few, few weeks with the whole. Like, I'm not medically cleared, I'm a goofball, getting a lawyer to not read things. Um, I thought that was kind of hurting it, and this this uh, angle, I'm, um, and I feel like this revelation of, like, yeah, I, I want to be my own person. Like, I don't want to be your, your buddy. I, I want to just be Brian Myers. I think that's a really good character angle. It doesn't make me hate Brian Myers, which is weird considering he's supposed to be like a really detestable heel. Um, and it makes you really like kind of sympathetic because immediately once Matt Cardona showed up, I feel like, like even we were talking about, oh, it's we're just going to get Zack Ryder and uh, Kurt Hawkins right, right together. Right. That would have been the simple um, thing to do. But it, no, this is becoming a really compelling storyline and not something I don't think either of us would have asked for while watching them in WWE. We're like, oh, we got to wait for the major brothers to break up. Like, it, it they weren't compelling characters at that point together. Um, obviously, Zack Ryder became a little more important, but again, still, it was more, it felt forced sometimes. I think now I, you really have two wrestlers. They're veterans. They have such a long history together of basically being side by side throughout, you know, multiple stages of their WWE career. And now being again in the same company, but clearly with different intentions, it's uh, it really can make a great storyline. I, I think now it, the answer right now is no. But do you put a title in this storyline? Can you do that in a year? Can you can you give them a title to fight for? I don't think as of right now. No, I think you could. Like, if you really wanted to, throw in the X Division title. Right. But I don't know where you, what you do with Ace Austin yeah. at this point. Because, like, I don't think Impact's going to get another right. title. Unless they went and did, like, an... If you got an internet title <laughs> and did that. But, like, I don't think anybody's going to start tuning into Impact Plus shows yeah, for that. Fair. Like that, that would be more of a like a title that you would have uh, if you're gonna do like a cross promotional yeah. thing, like an A A W Dark and Impact Plus type of thing. But don't think I, um, but I don't think that's happening. within the next year though. This this feels like such an, a strong storyline that this could be one of the really the major fights in Impacts in the next year or two, however long they drag this out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's the interesting thing is like, I don't see Matt Cardona as like, like just cause it's impact and they only have two titles, uh, one being the world title and the other being the X division title. Like I can't see Matt Cardona or Brian Myers at this stage being a world champion right, contender. Right. Um, especially with like, we all know Kenny is getting this. Yeah. Belt. Uh, like I can't see Matt Cardona being the guy to take it off of Kenny. Um, and I definitely can't see Brian Myers's character being somebody to take it off of Kenny. 
So it's it's one of those things where like I I'm very interested to see what happens at Rebellion because if Kenny gets this belt, where like do you just have impact with one title? Because like I again I I know like apparently the there's this con, uh, Meltzer's reporting that there's been some issues between um. AEW and Impact about how they're going to do this world title situation because apparently Kenny wants to do the same deal that he has with AAA where he only shows up two to three times a year um, to defend it. Uh, Impact does not want that. Impact wants somebody who is regularly on their program with the title. Um, AEW doesn't want to lose their deal with Impact because they think it's very beneficial for both parties. Um, but they also don't want Kenny to get pinned until he loses the AEW title. And I don't think they're going to give the AEW title to Rich Swan. So it's very interesting to see how they're going to work yeah. this out. Yeah, definitely. Um, Cause this is something we talked about last week is who do we see uh, or how do we see Kenny's reign ending? Like when do we see it ending? Uh, and I, I said that I, I can't see Kenny's reign there. Uh, Kenny like only holding the impact title for like a month or so um, or like one pay-per-view um, and I can't see him going on every impact plus show so it, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how they're how they're gonna do this yeah yeah that's I mean that's a fair argument for impact to not really want to have a ghost champion and I guess at the same token Kenny Omega's you know already very well obligated in multiple spots so yeah, uh, I think this is the issue that you come up with when you have somebody whose thing is I'm the collector. I'm going to collect all the belts I can, and like you're you're going to spread yourself a bit thin, um, especially if you have an idea for what you want to do wrestling wise. Like I want to fo- have my main focus be AEW, but I want all these titles, um, and I want to try to elevate those titles, but at the same time, I don't want to. I want to be like a heel that's like a final boss type Lesnar type character where I show up once or twice a year. Um, Cause I think that's, uh, that, that was a turnoff for a lot of WWE fans was Lesnar's constant. Like I'm the final boss. I'm showing up. I'm literally wrestling three times a year, but I'll show up, beat somebody up and disappear for a bit. Um, and you have no world title on the show. Um, I, I don't think that impact, especially impact uh, with how low their viewership is um, compared to AEW. I, I don't think they can afford to lose a world title for months I, on end. Uh, so you would definitely need to have Kenny showing up. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I feel like, I mean, they got They should work it out. I mean, if, if Kenny ends up winning this match clean and wins this title, I mean, they do tapings, you know, every month. So you would hope they could work it out that he, like, at least makes appearances. Yeah. And it's even at this point, I feel like it's even more than a month at a time because, like, um, at least for Finjuice's stuff, this had to be taped in, like, beginning of if If the Sacrifice card was taped in end of January, early February, they probably had to tape this Finjuice match probably then too, because Finjuice has been in New Japan or back in New Japan 
regularly all 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 <laughs> March, and I think maybe the big no not February they 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 returned uh, beginning of March. So yeah, it's like they can they can tape a bunch of stuff in a row. Like you can like if you're Kenny, you can miss like an episode of AEW if you, they need you to tape a bunch of stuff for like exactly. two days, and just so I don't know. Because even AEW, like they tape shows like every other week, like like this St. Patty's Day Slam for tomorrow was taped oh, last okay. week. So yeah, like that. That's their thing is like they do one live episode, one tape okay. episode, um, just so that they have stuff uh, and they can give wrestlers a break. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just fe- it just feels weird that they taped one of their big shows because like normally they don't do that. Like Beach Break was live, the New Year's specials were live. Um, yeah, so definitely feels weird that they this like this show just came out of nowhere too. Like they did not hype this show up and like the like Beach Break was announced like a month and a half beforehand. This was literally yeah. Well, last I, week. I guess they know it's not like much bigger than the average show. So, yeah, cards, card wise at least. Yeah. Uh, after this was our 12 knockouts tag match. The heel side being Tennille Dashwood, Kira Hogan, Tasha Steeles, Kimberly, Susan, and Deanna Perrazzo. The face side being Havoc, Nevea, Alicia Edwards, Jordan Grace, ODB, and Probably would have been easier to say every um, signed knockout except Rosemary. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I... Uh, yeah, um... This was a match that existed. Oh, the best part of this match um, was Tennille's walkout, though. Yes. Oh. Uh, Angelo, you want to take yeah, the lead was, on this one? I, I'm in a hotel room, so I wasn't rolling on the floor. But I was pretty ecstatic seeing her jump off the uh, the steps like multiple times, trying to get a candid photo. Caleb taking pictures on his phone. It was, and kept on missing the picture because you could see when he took the picture based <laughs> yeah, off the flash. <laughs> and it kept on going off so late. Yeah, that, that was pretty freaking incredible. I, I hope one of them makes it on the Instagram. For for a supposed professional <laughs> photographer. He's doing pretty a pretty, pretty piss poor job. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this... So, I... I pointed out earlier with uh in our group chat that i just felt like this was a match that had way too many people in it and i don't think anybody shined in this match um like they kept on mentioning how jazz is one of the great the best in-ring workers today in wrestling um i could i didn't get that out of tonight's match she was barely in it and when she was she was just beating up on Susan and Kimberly, who aren't aren't treated seriously. Yeah, I, I was into it in the beginning. The match then kind of got lost. I mean, it, it was just a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Um, the ending came. Oh, so it, I felt like the last three or four minutes of this match was basically everybody came in, hit a move, and then got taken yeah, out by somebody it else. Been, it was just like a lot going on. I will say probably my next favorite part of this match, though, the only other f- enjoyable part of this match for me was so after um, ODB hit the Bronco Buster, and I guess who was in the corner? Tennille at the time. 
to Neil. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> ODB like does the grabs her boobs, lifts up her skirt, and Caleb just immediately goes like, ah. <laughs> Yeah, that that was great. Caleb yeah, is great. Caleb and Daniel, uh, I'm I'm more of a fan of the gimmick now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, ODB, I think she, she did everything that ODB fans will be happy oh. for, right, Angelo? Were you were, were you Buster, happy with this? Your boobs. That's pretty much all you can ask for. She yeah, said, bam. We're good. Uh, that's all. That's all you need. Uh, Jazz wins with the STF on Kimber as Deanna tries to get in the ring, but Jordan just literally lays on top of her. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, after this, we get Ace Austin kind of promo about how it was inevitable that he was going to finally get the, his uh, X Division title back. Um, he's the youngest person to ever win the X division. I believe two, it's either two or three times. Uh, he's the youngest to win it that many times. Uh, Chris Bay comes out and is like, Hey, you know, you might have won the title, but like, it would look better around my waist with my abs. And I already beat you last week. So I should get that title match now. He said last, not anything. He last Tuesday. He said last Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, last Tuesday, <laughs> baby. Uh, Madison Rain would be so yeah, that... proud. After all the times she tried to fit Bay into any <laughs> any word That's during good... his matches, <laughs> uh, uh, then <laughs> Josh Alexander comes out, and I totally forgot this was Josh Alexander because he didn't have the headgear on. Yeah, <laughs> um, and Josh, <laughs> Josh is going way back here. Josh is like, hey. I beat you guys at Hard to Kill, <laughs> which was in January, and he has lost. Mul- he lost a match to Ace Austin since then. Uh, but uh, Josh Alexander wants everybody to know that he beat both of them in in at Hard to Kill, so he yeah, should get to be a title fair, shot. It been like a couple hours before, with all their tapings. <laughs> That's true. Um, and then TJP shows up, uh, and TJP says, hey, I uh, just want to let you know that uh, Scott told me that next week I get my rematch, so when you're as good as me, you get to leapfrog the line, and he walked away. Um, cool. Um, I have one huge issue with this show so far, um, and Angelo, I'm sure you're going to No, like, oh, I realize it. Uh, when you talk about uh, TJP here, there was no Swingers Palace. There was zero Swingers Palace. There was one mention of Swingers Palace on the show. And I believe it was before the impact. Let me let me bring it up exactly when it happened. Uh, because I wrote the quote down. Um, do, do, do. See, like they were better off doing the second in Swingers yep. Palace. Yes, this should really be how they Swingers should use Palace. It. Like, people were just sitting there losing money to play. Follow Bowser's losing money to poker or Lickout. Is just yes. and there's and these, matches these promos going on rather than having just you know your generic interviewee. I think what should happen is Scott should come into <laughs> Swingers Palace and he 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 should bet uh, Johnny Swinger control of impact oh, no. and Johnny Swinger <laughs> <laughs> wins it. Uh, but yeah, it was on uh, before the impact. Matt Striker. Uh, gave a shout out to MJF for MJF's birthday that happened a few days ago and said, 
hey, uh, I bought <laughs> for MJF's birthday, I bought the smallest size of Swinger Palace's shirts and sent it to MJF. I wonder how they look. I wonder what it'll say. Uh, that was our only mention of Johnny Swinger and Swinger's Palace, and it's a goddamn yeah, travesty. Um, so we get our main event after this, and our main event is uh, Trey Miguel versus Sammy Callahan. I was say, this they, is a long when, match. When Matt Stryker said main event, it was 9.30 on my clock. So, Yep. Yeah, this was... Uh, I was shocked that we were getting a, a kind of 30-minute yeah. match. Um, so Sammy comes out, again, big fan of his new theme that he's been coming out with since... Uh, after his match against Eddie Edwards, uh, the barbed wire mayhem match. Um, then Trey comes out, and I'm not a fan of his theme, but thankfully we didn't get to listen to his theme much because Trey Miguel rushes into the ring and just starts attacking Sammy. Uh, and that's basically how this match was, was just nonstop, we're going to beat the crap out of each yeah, other. Yeah, it was a good face heel, typical match, you know, playing the injury. His leg, he had a leg injury in the match, so I think that this was uh, great chemistry, a lot of great high high risk moves um yeah really couldn't ask for much more here even as much as i'm not i guess a huge fan of sammy callahan especially in a main event match i think it really worked out well here i think there's they've been building a really good storyline with this and i don't think we've seen the last of it so yeah uh I think Sammy Sammy's one of those guys, I've said it before, I'll say it again, he's very polarizing. You either love him or hate him. I, I like him a lot. Um, I think he's got his moments where, like, these promos that he keeps on cutting are goddamn atrocious. Um, but I don't think that's his fault. Like, I think that's just whoever's editing these things are just real shit. Um, with the whole, let me throw in a different color filter and let's slow it down now let's speed it up let's change the voice like i don't think sammy wants that um like that that just doesn't seem like something sammy callahan's like oh man i really want to play with play with the features on these 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 voice changers um uh also i i think that it definitely helps that they've had a bunch of matches in the past since uh, Sammy's old stable, uh, Ohio versus everyone uh, used to, was like feuding for basically years with uh, the rascals in CZW and uh, the Indies before coming to impact. Um, So it makes sense that they have good chemistry. Yeah. Um, uh, One point in this match, Trey goes for the hourglass hold, which is his new uh, submission move. And, Sammy to get out of it just starts biting Trey's ankle uh, and foot that were injured, which definitely a great way to get out of that move. Uh, I, I feel like more people should probably bite the leg of people to get out of yeah. submission moves. Um, then uh, Sammy takes a, a punch uh, to the back of the head of uh, yeah. Trey, uh, or as D'Lo Brown says, it is a rabbit punch. Uh, and D'Lo Brown says that these punches are illegal in boxing, but they are not illegal in wrestling. And the reason that they are illegal in boxing is because 
they almost always cause concussions. And considering how bad, how like concussions are a major issue in wrestling, you'd feel like that would be illegal. Well, it's, but, you know, hey, it's wrestling. It's but wrestling. no, it, that is a good point, though, with uh, boxing. I, I, I mean, D-Law Brown probably knows better than anyone. So and the rabbit punches are definitely yeah. dangerous. So uh, getting hit in the back of the head is always not fun. So it's, it's a good call, good uh, good explanation to the audience. Yeah, because uh, I, I I don't normally pay attention to that stuff. Uh, like if you just threw a punch at somebody, I'm not gonna be like, oh, that's just like that just looks like a punch. I I didn't know that that's an illegal punch in boxing, and uh, I don't know if it's illegal in UFC. It might uh, no, be. I, I, don't, um, I don't think it is in UFC. Well, I don't think it is in UFC. I, I know it is in boxing because of uh, the old uh, Muhammad Ali versus Chuck Webner, the Bayonne bleeder. He was throwing a lot of rabid punches, and, and Muhammad Ali was getting mad pissed in the, in the oh, back okay. in the 70s or whenever it was. All right. Yeah, that's if it's a thing in UFC, that's a Duvac question since he's all that's in on fair. UFC. Um. Anyway, uh, near the end of this match, uh, Sammy's really looking hurt. He keeps on trying to get the ref's attention, uh, and Trey's not trying to let him go. Uh, Trey finally lays him out, uh, and he goes to climb to the top turnbuckle, and Brian Hebner, the ref, gets in the way to talk to Sammy and try to make sure he's okay. Uh, Trey is yelling, he's fine, he's just faking it. Get out of the way, I need to hit this, I need to finish him. and uh, Brian Hebner finally steps away, but as he does, Sammy runs at the ropes, knocking Trey down um, and allowing Sammy to hit the package pile driver, which D'Lo Brown immediately yells, this move should yeah. be banned. Um, That's pretty and, But uh, no, it was, it was a good ending to the match. Uh, Brian Hebner got really involved in this match multiple times, it felt like. Because there was a point where... Yeah. Um, uh, uh, where was Sammy Callahan was doing like a Boston Crab from the top rope. Hefner was just basically oh, yes. trying to pull him off. Yeah. Uh, it, it was weird. Like he wouldn't, he, he counted to like four and then he stopped his count to like just pull him off. Yeah, and Sammy just Callahan's like, him. you know what I can do to you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that was a very interesting Boston Crab spot. I can't remember a time that I've yeah, ever seen, seen that, that before. I mean, Couple of things like and um, there was that, then there was um, Trey hitting the like that reverse stunner from outside the ring. Yes. So, yeah, like basically yeah. what Sami Zayn would do uh, to the, jump through the rope, but for a reverse cut the stunner. So very cool. Yeah, um, I think this is. I, I my guess is that this is going to play into Trey just snapping because they kept on talking about Trey's anger issues since he's come back. And Sammy kept on talking about how he wants to prove that the the fake passion that he has is actually just a lot of pent up anger, uh, and I feel like him sn- like yelling at Hebner towards the end of this match uh, was that like his frustration getting there, and uh, I feel like next week we might have him just snap on Brian Hebner or other people uh, because of uh, him losing. Yeah. Uh, which I think can continue this storyline with Sammy uh, and it just getting much more personal. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Definitely a more personal. Maybe we get uh, Ken Shamrock back. Maybe not. <laughs> yes, Ken Shamrock. 
And Ken Shamrock, but all he yeah, does is suicide, suicide dives. dives, caught into uh, reverse stunners. Yes, and then him yeah, yelling. Please. Um. So yeah, that was our impact. Uh, next week we have uh, TJP and Ace Austin for the X Division title. We have Jazz versus Deanna Perazzo in a non-title match, and we have Carl Anderson versus Eddie Edwards as our three matches that are announced as of now. I, I, um, Angelo, what would um, you give the show? Before I even say that, do you want to like speculate? Do you think maybe next week is like the the last we see of Jazz? No, you don't. Think- no, I think the uh, my guess is Jazz is gonna. I want to say Jazz versus Deanna at Hardcore okay. Justice. But I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. I feel like that could be a multi-person yeah, match. That's, that's... Because I feel like most of the matches on that card are going to be like no DQ matches and stuff like that. That's um, so, but I, I feel like I feel like Jazz needs to, like if she's going out, she's going out in a title match yeah, against Deanna. Because I've been saying that I think Deanna and Jazz is going to be a match for the title, and then ODB yeah. showed up. Uh, so I'm, I'm still booking that Jazz right. is getting a title shot. Um, so so I, I don't know how we do it. My guess is you can get a DQ match, or you can get Deanna getting DQ'd here. So set up that Jazz still deserves a, ma- a rematch. Basically. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, I, I guess we'll see further down yeah. the line. Because uh, I think Hardcore Justice, what they said, April 10th, I think. That's the one. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's okay. that's the next show. So that is in three weekends from now. Four weekends from now. Yeah. So got a month to build to that. And then you've also got the Rebellion pay-per-view. So we know that most likely Swan isn't going. Well, we know for a fact Swan's not losing the title. Before the 24th, since they've already booked the match of Rich Swan versus Kenny for Rebellion. So I feel like Swan is probably just going to be in a tag That's match there. Um, so my guess would be maybe Swan and Willie Mac versus the Good Brothers. Yeah, that could be something. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see the, where, where it goes. Because we, I don't think Kenny's going to be on it. No, and Finn wouldn't be back yet. No, because they've already said Finjuice won't be back uh, until it, the twenty fourth uh, for Rebellion. If, if Finjuice keep the title, gotcha. um, which I'm a hundred, yeah. I'm pretty sure they are. Uh, they're, they're the only people I think that the only other people I could see getting it would Ray. Ray I, 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 but I really can't see it. Would be uh, Tamatanga and Tongaloa of Bullet Club God, uh, just because they've been. Trading barbs with the Good Brothers for say, months now. A, there is like a slight um, chance they lose it overseas. Yeah, but at the same time, I, I okay. just can't see it. Um, just because I feel like I don't know. You could. It, it's one of those things where you could see it, but okay. I, I just doubt it. Um, so and... I will give this show a thumbs up. Yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up. I think this is I pretty much back to back weeks where we've had the opening match not as hot, like not Fair. the hottest match of the show, um, with this triple XL match this week, 
and I forget what the issue, what our match was last week that we said it was, uh, wasn't that it was, great. It was, the, it was a knockouts match. Okay, yeah, I I, I can't remember yeah. it at this point. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we will be back. Well, Pat and Joe, or Pat will be back tomorrow with the Dynamic Dynamite review. We've got our New Japan Cup stuff uh, still rolling through for the week. Uh, and then me and Angela will be back uh, next Tuesday for another episode yes, of the Impact Power Hour. Thank you guys for listening, and right. we'll catch you Thanks next week. Thanks for listening.